Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. Please ask this chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. Two are better than one. Well, I could stop right there, and I mean, we could preach all just on that alone. (laughs) But let me continue on. Because they have a good return for their work. For if one falls down, his friend can help him up. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this. I mean, y'all should be shouting off the word of God just, just that, just right there. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I want to talk today from the subject. We're still in our series, Stronger, to, Stronger Together. Yeah, that's the name of the series. I had to make sure I wasn't. Well, let me just use for a point of emphasis, strength in numbers. Somebody say strength in numbers. Look at your neighbor and say there's strength in numbers. Look at that other neighbor and say there's strength in numbers. Amen, amen, amen. Um, you know, if I were to say how many of us uh, engage in idol worship, no one will raise their hand. <laughs> That's just not something that, 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 that we will, that, that, that's on the top of our mind or that we will readily admit to or that we're even thinking about. But I want to challenge you this morning to think about this. Um, in America, especially here in America, we worship the idol of independence. Because a lot of us strive for so long to be free. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Oh, we want to be free. And so even from how we were raised as little babies, you know, when we come out of the womb, mom begins to nurse us, but eventually she starts weaning us off. And then we are to kind of grow. And, 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 and soon enough, we aren't dependent on diapers, but we're independent because now we're able to go to the potty. Yesterday, Reagan used the potty and did the number one for the first time. And we're thankful for that because we're moving her one step closer because diapers are expensive. Somebody say diapers are expensive. I was so happy when she got freed from formula. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Do I got any parents that understand about the cost of formula? Formula is expensive, but she has been free from formula preach all day about being free from formula. $27.98. Waiting on that mail to come when Target was sending that coupon for $15 off. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Independence, and we consider, we even consider dependence, watch this, a dirty word. <laughs> the only time we ever use the word is when we're talking about uh, someone using drugs. 
They're dependent on drugs or alcohol. They're dependent on alcohol, and it becomes this dirty word. Dependence becomes a bad language, a bad word in our vocabulary. And if someone is dependent on someone or something else, we consider them to be a failure. You have to do everything on your own. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, is what people like to say. But let me just tell you something, that God never called us to be independent. He called us to lean on him and to lean on the body of Christ, his church, our dependence. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters, our dependence is our strength. You're not weak because you have to lean on Jesus. You're strong when you lean on him. You are, his strength is made perfect when even in your weakness. And you are strong when you lean on him. Look, nudge somebody next to you and say, I'm, I, he, he's strong when I'm weak. And, and, and my dependence is on him is my strength. That's why the Bible says that we can do all things. Through Christ that gives us strength today. We hear this echoed even by Solomon in Proverbs 3 and 5 where he tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not to lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In this passage of Scripture, Solomon, he lists the advantages of community. He lists the advantages of working together. He lists the advantages of having a stronger together mindset. A man without a companion or a partner is like a left hand without a right. Can a person function without two hands? Yes, but it's a lot more difficult in these verses, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, and I feel my help coming, so I'm going to take this off. In these verses, we see both the literal and the spiritual application. Thank you, Brother Errol. In these verses, we have the opportunity to answer this very important question. Can I give you all the question? Here's the question. How is two better than one? That's the question that we're going to resolve in our text today is how is two better than one? Let me give you the first point. Two is better than one because more gets accomplished. I said more gets accomplished. Uh, look at verse 9 again. Verse 9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Solomon here begins to highlight something very, very important, that when two people work together, they, they accomplish more than if there was only one person. Now, however, although it's true that uh, many hands make light work, you also have to consider, and listen to me good, the adage of too many cooks can spoil the stew. Uh, the principle there is that you can't have everyone wanting to be in control and have their way. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me on Memorial Day weekend, but I'm going to preach anyhow. 
It won't work when you have too many people wanting to call the shots. It won't work if you have too many people wanting to be in control. It won't work if you have too many people wanting to do things their way. Two are better than one when they work together in harmony. It's a wonderful thing when the worship team is up here and they lift that strong unison voice and begin to declare in that one tone, in that one sound, the greatness of our God. But something begins to shift when they break off into harmony and the sopranos is carrying the top and the tenors are carrying the bottom and the altos is that meat in the middle and they begin to work together in harmony to bring about the uh, unified, beautiful tones that are a sweet savor unto our Lord. When they do that, we will get a good return for our work. In other words, we will accomplish a lot. There's this African proverb that says, if you want to travel fast, travel alone. But if you want to travel far, travel together. Because we can cover more ground when we work together, Mama Stella. I can only, as a matter of fact, they even tell you, uh, D-Dot, they tell you, uh, if you drive in long periods of time, you're only supposed to be driving on that road for a set amount of hours. And then if you want to keep on going, guess what? It's time for you to hand the wheel off to somebody else. The problem is, is that we think we can do it all on our own. But let me tell you something. There's an importance, there's a value in partnership. Somebody say partnership. There's a value in partnership. Two is better than one because we get more accomplished. The other weekend, we were together, the men were here, and we started making some more groundwork on the painting of, the, uh, of our exterior of our, of our facility. And let me tell you something. People were saying, well, how are we going to finish all this? Because, because we got more people involved. People started showing up, and guess what? We, we, we were able to get more accomplished than we were with just the faithful few that was coming. We can accomplish so much more when we engage and do it together. How is two better than one? Because number one, we get more accomplished. But number two is you receive help and support. You receive help and support. Look at verse 10, just that first part. It says, for if they fall... One will lift up his companion. One will lift up his companion. Solomon begins to highlight something very important, and that's the benefit of having a friend as opposed to being alone. See, when we're facing difficult situations in our life, we need each other's support. And we also need each other's advice. When we've had a bad day, it's nice to have somebody to vent to. There's this little cartoon, Calvin and Hobb. Anybody seen Calvin and Hobb? Yeah. Calvin and Hobb. In this one episode, Calvin got dressed in his special clothes for school. <laughs> 
And when he got to school, he sat down on some bubble gum. At recess, he got beat up by a bully. He failed his math test, and on the way home, it got rained on. At bedtime, he says, you know, Hobbs, <laughs> some days even my lucky uh, rocket ship underpants don't help me out. Let me tell you something. Sometimes your lucky rocket underpants might not be able to help you, but a trusted companion or a friend can help you. They can help you. And when we're down and we need to be cheered up, when we've been persecuted, we need to know that someone's there to share the burden with us. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says it like this. It says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Did y'all understand that? That, that, that we're called to carry each other's burdens. Let me talk to this side because y'all acting real funny. We are called to carry each other's burdens. Because listen, let me tell you something. There is nothing worse than going through a situation and you have nobody to lean on. Ain't nobody there for you. Can't, I, I mean, I, I, I'll just be honest. I, I've had a hard time really grab, you know, understanding uh, homeless people. Because I'm not going to fall out with everybody. There's going to be somebody I can call that's going to let me stay tonight <laughs> to, 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 until things get better at some point in time. But we have to understand, listen, that is, that, 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 that's why you can't isolate yourself. You can't be by yourself all the time and say, oh, I just don't want to be around people. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two are better than one because a shared burden becomes a lifted burden. Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Because, see, some of us have been going on and we've been struggling for so long, not even realizing the importance and the value of a friend. The importance and the value of your church family. The importance and the value of that brother or that sister that you sit next to in church every single Sunday. They are there to help you lift your heavy burdens. They are there to help you go through your shadow of the valley of death. And yes, let me just pause for station identification because some of us have gotten it confused and we missed the point of the fact that the truth of the matter is you are going through in other words, what you're going through, you're not meant to stay in always. As a matter of fact, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I have to, nothing to fear. Why? Because what I'm going through right now is not my permanent situation. That's not my final destination. I'm going to come through this. Why? Because he that, he that is in me is greater than he that's in the world. And the greater one has already conquered death, hell, and the grave and if he got up from all of that I can get up from people talking about me I can get up from people had not not have my best interest at all I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength to do it as long as I remain in him look at somebody and say whatever 
whatsoever things you ask when you pray. See, the Bible says it like this in John 15. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever it is you will and it's going to be given to you. Because this is how God gets his glory. He says, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. It's time for us to become fruit bearers in the body of Christ. And how do we bear fruit? Let me tell you something. It's by partnering with one another. It's by being there for that sister in her time of need. It's for being there for my brother in his time of need. It's making sure he knows that life was never meant to be done alone. Everybody knows Jackie Robinson. While he was breaking baseball's color barrier, he faced some jeering from the crowd in almost every stadium that he went to. And while playing one day in his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error in the game of baseball. And even his own fans began to ridicule him. And he stood there at second base, humiliated as the people in his hometown was booing him, jeering him, and insulting him. And while the fans jeered, the shortstop, Pee Wee Reese, came over and stood next to Jackie and put his arm around Jackie and faced the crowd. Lord, help me in this place. At that moment, the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that it was that moment when uh, 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 Pee Wee Reese stood and put his arm around his shoulder that saved his career. See, sometimes you don't understand why the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, go on over there and talk to that brother. Go on over there and talk to that sister. And you saying, devil, the Lord rebuke you. Take your hands off me. You ain't, you ain't telling me to go over there. I'm not about to embarrass myself. But let me tell you something. When God begins to speak to you and he begins to tell you, listen, go on over there. Tell them that I love them. Tell them that, that, that no matter what it is they're going through, that it, everything's going to be all right. Even though they may be crying in the midnight time, weeping might endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. You don't know what your words would do for somebody else while they're in their time of need. You don't know what they may be going through and your words may be the right word at the right time given the right situation and it will save their life just because you came alongside them and said I'm with you. You don't have to face these jeerings by yourself. I'm going to stand and face the crowd with you. And no matter what it is that you may be going through, can I just tell you something? When you're part of a church family, when you're part of the body of Christ, when you're part of this, this, this amazing network, let me just tell you something. You will never be alone. You will never be alone. Why? Because you've got brothers and sisters that will stand with you. Now, like we talked about last week, you'll be alone if you don't say nothing. Because, see, everybody 
is not going to read your mind and say, oh, you look like you need something. No, 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 that's not, that's not going to happen. Sometime when I get in trouble, I pick up the phone and I call my brother. Or I go to my wife and I tell her, I said, baby, this is what's going on and we need to pray. I would be silly to try to carry that weight on my shoulders all by myself. And let me just tell you something. Just because you may not work a full-time job, have a family, pastor a church, be on different committees within the city, doing all these different things. Let me tell you something. You got your own stuff that you're going through. And sometimes it's hard and difficult for you to carry that burden by yourself. Some of us in this place have, been, have businesses. And you have to carry the, the, the weight of the entire business and all the employees that report to you on your shoulders. Let me tell you something. You don't have to do it by yourself. Some of us teach in classrooms in, 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 in very rough and impoverished communities. And, and, and a lot of times in that classroom, it is rough. Can I just tell you something? It's rough. But let me tell you something. You don't have to deal with that by yourself. There are many teachers that join us at 6 a.m. on the prayer line, and they say, listen, I'm going through a hard time in, in this year in the classroom. I just need y'all to help. And they call out the name of the children who, who may be giving them troubles. And we not only pray for them, but we pray for those kids to make sure that the power of God is resting and moving and guiding in each and everyone's life. Look at somebody and say, don't do life alone. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Don't you dare do it. And listen, it's not all about support and encouragement either. <laughs> this, see, this is the good part. Because it's not all about support and encouragement. I know a lot of times that's how we default and we say, I need somebody for some support and some encouragement. But it's not always just about that. Two are better than one because being a part of a friendship gives us people to rejoice with. Oh, I wish I had somebody that was happy about this thing. Because the Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice. And so it, 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 it is so much better when we receive a blessing or hear good news. It's more exciting when we have someone to share it with. Being a part of a loving friendship or part of a loving relationship gives us a sense of enjoyment that doesn't happen when we're all by ourselves. I think it was the author Mark Twain, Mark Twain who said, uh, to get the value, to get the real value of joy, uh, you must have someone to divide it with. <laughs> to get the true or the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. What good is it for you to have that big old house on a hill if you don't have nobody to share it with? What good is it for you to have all this money and maybe you won the Powerball? I don't know. Maybe somebody gave a big tie this morning. We'll talk about it later. But, 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 but whatever it is, but, but why would you gain the whole wide world, lose your soul, but on your way to hell, you don't have anybody to enjoy hell with? People are typically desirous of interaction with other people. Everywhere you look, there are signs that people are hungry for some type of fellowship. Everywhere you look. 
heard this story one time. I think my granddad told me this story. He said there was this sweet old lady who waited in line at the post office to buy two stamps every single week. That's all she had to do. Go to the post office, get two stamps, and she waited in line to do it. One day, as she got to the counter, the postal worker told her, you know, you don't have to wait in line for these two stamps. You can go right over there to that machine, put your money in, and get your two stamps. And she said, yeah, I know I could do that, but, but if I do that, nobody will ask me about my arthritis. <laughs> people long to be connected with other people. If it, 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 even, it even goes beyond people. Uh, people who live alone, they cut the TV on just to make sure that there's noise in the house so that they don't feel like they're alone. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. People have pets as companions. It even starts when we were little kids, having the, the stuffed animal or the imaginary friend. Anybody in this place ever had an imaginary friend? Thank you, Brother Larry, for making me feel like I'm not by myself. He, he raised his hands. Like, I, I used to talk to Penelope, too. Even the movie Castaway. Remember the movie Castaway? I mean, Tom Hanks had Wilson. A volleyball, right? Uh-huh. It all supports this idea that we are hardwired for interacting with someone else. <laughs> I don't believe that God created us to function as separate individuals. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, Pastor, I can be found all by myself. I, 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 but you, you might think that, but I just don't believe that God created us to function as separate individuals. Now, some of you may call it a stretch, but I'll, I'll go ahead and back it up with Scripture. Because after he created Adam... He said in Genesis 2 and 18, it's not good for man to be alone. Ah, see, when God was going through the process of creating, each time he finished something, he would say, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Would y'all help me preach this? He would say, it is good, and it was but here we have the first occurrence of God calling something not good. I'm trying to preach this thing like I feel it. Not that God didn't know that already. He already knew it. It's there for our benefit to understand that we need one another. <laughs> I need Pastor Eli. I need Brother Carlos. I need Brother Errol. I need Brother Renza and Brother Lee. I need Brother Chris. God created Adam or Eve to help Adam. And I don't think it was just to procreate a 
to share the work. She was going to be able to help Adam in all the ways a typical loving couple help each other. God created a sense of community inside of us. The sense and the yearning for community is on the inside of us. Just like we're hardwired to worship. Let me tell you something. That's why if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something. I said we are hardwired with some things that God has put on the inside of us that are just innate. They're inevitable. It is what it is. <laughs> and we can't ignore these things. But what we have to do is we have to address them appropriately. So community is a part of who we are. We long for fellowship. We talked about that the other week. We long for true fellowship. We need it. We're better when we have it. And we're worse off when we don't. You may not want to admit it, but you are. Because if you've been all cooped up alone by yourself, the moment you step out, you just... Face all torn up. Looking like you've just been eating lemons all week long. Just people ask you what's going on. I don't nothing wrong with me. No, nothing wrong with me. Nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Calm down. Relax. Takes more energy for you to frown and make that face than does for you to smile. Relax yourself. Show your teeth. Or show your gums. Do what you got to do and be happy and get to know and get connected with somebody. Somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Somebody that's going to build you up and not tear you down. How is two better than one more? Number one, more gets accomplished. Number two, you receive help and support. But also number three, when you're down, someone will help you up. Lord, help me in this place. Let's look at verse 10, the part B. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Solomon, Solomon says, he says, pity the man who has nobody to help him up. But there are people who say, and I've heard it because they, 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 they tell it to me, that they prefer to be alone. They don't want to have any friends. I believe there can be different reasons for this. There can be different reasons for this. One is a sense of pride. Oh, Y'all didn't think I was going this way, but I'm going to go this way anyhow. I don't want to answer to anybody. I want to do things my own way. That's pride. Another, one, another reason can be a sense of selfishness. I don't want to share anything. I work too hard for what I got. I don't want to share what I got with anybody. Then I also think there's a lack of trust. Oh, yeah, come on. Can we be real this morning? We're going to eat barbecue in a minute, in a minute but let's, let's keep it real. Willie Mo said, keep it 100. <laughs> Sometimes there's a lack of trust. People have let me down. People have betrayed me 
And since I feel the only person that I can trust is myself, I guess I'm going to just do this thing alone. Perhaps, perhaps it's because once you were close to certain people and now they're gone. So because of the pain that you developed in your heart, you now have developed a defense mechanism that says, I don't want to get close to anyone and I don't want anyone to get close to me. And in, and in order to become comfortable with your own decision, you justify and you glamorize it by putting a label on yourself like, I'm a lone wolf. I'm a free bird. And the whole time, God is calling for you to come into community. Because if we based every decision in our future off of what happened to us in our past, we would always be stuck where we were and we would never experience progress. But can I just tell you something? God is calling for you to come on up a little bit higher. God is calling for you to forget those things that are behind you and look, for, look to those things that are before you and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Can I just tell you something? He has so much more for you. God has more for you than you have ever even imagined or thought for yourself. I've said it before. When we give gifts to people, we give them things. But when God gives gifts to people, he gives them people. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And, and we have to do a better job in respecting the gift that God has given us. Boy, I feel like, I feel like preaching this thing. I, I just can't. I don't feel like I can get it out the way I want to. But listen, we have to do a better job at, 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 at appreciating the gifts that are in our lives. I know sometimes the gift act crazy. I know. Sometime, sometime, you know, we, you know, my daughters, they have these toys. And normally, if you, you know, like a stuffed animal, you press the paw and it says something or it does something. You know, after a while, um, it starts doing stuff on its own. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that when it starts doing that, it's a sign that maybe you got to put a new battery in there. Sometimes something just needs a charge. My, my cell phone starts doing, and when you really look, look at it, your, your cell phone does too, it starts doing crazy things when the battery is low. And you got to go, and sometimes you can plug it up, but sometimes you got to do a good old-fashioned reboot. And a lot of times, because I used to work for, the, for a cell phone company, a lot of times what they tell you, to best fix the problem, do a hard reboot. Take the battery out and put it back in. 
Now, I have an iPhone, and they don't allow you that luxury of taking the battery out. But if you are wired iPhone-ly or whatever, just hold the button down. Let it power all the way down, and then start it back up. How do we do this in our spiritual lives? This is how we do it in our spiritual lives. Sometimes we just need a good dose of charging up by getting around someone that's already on fire. By, 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 by making sure that Christ is the center of our world and our relationship. To make sure that, hey, you know what? I feel down. I feel a little, I, I feel a little weak. Uh, I've been doing some things that's real crazy. But so, 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 Sister Lisa, sing that song that you was singing on Sunday. Because I just need the, 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 the power of the Holy Ghost to just inundate my life right now. My father has a song on one of his CDs called No Walls. And the lyrics of the song says that walls can keep out the bad. Mm -hmm. But those same walls can keep out the good. Walls can protect you from the storm and the rain, but those same walls can lock in pain. And he says, oh, Lord, no walls for me because they will restrict me from truly being free. So in order for me to grow boundlessly, this church inside of me has to be built with no walls. Can I just tell you something? We have to be a church comprised of no walls. We can't allow walls to confine us and to allow us to not engage with another brother or sister. Because most times the very thing that I need is locked in somebody else. The very thing that you need is locked. Oh, what are you? Oh, let's just keep your finger in Ecclesiastes, but let's flip over to the New Testament because I got to show you this. Go to the book of James. Go to the book of James. Uh, James, 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 James. James, I believe I want uh, chapter 5. Amen. If you're there, shout amen. If you need a moment, say wait on me. All right, listen up. Can I tell you why we need one another? Look at what it says here. It says, confess your faults one to another. Uh-oh. And pray for one another that you might be healed. For the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Yes, you can receive your forgiveness by praying to God. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. But if I've been dealing with this same thing, for so long, and every time I mess up and blow it, I say, Father, forgive me. Keep on going and 
A couple weeks later, I trip up again. I mess up. Oh, forgive me. Thank you for being so faithful. Keep on going. I trip up again. I mess up. Father, thank you for forgiving me because you're faithful and just to forgive me for all unrighteousness. So I appreciate you for forgiving me. So I confess my sins. God, I just blew it right then. So I want you to forgive me. And we keep on going. And what's the cycle that we start creating? But he tell us, tell, tell us right here. Yes, we confess our faults, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. But watch this. When we confess our faults one to another, praying for one another, the Bible says that we receive healing. Whew. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is really messing with me because you mean to tell me that my healing a lot of times is locked in somebody else? How does this happen? Why does God do this? Why does he put it to where I need somebody else in order? You know why? Because he knows how we're wired. And he understands that if I open up my mouth and I tell somebody, but not just any old body, somebody that has a common denominator as you, and his name is Jesus. Because then that person is now responsible for holding you accountable for the things that you do. And this is what we need. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, a lot of times, and for so long, we've kept our little world and our little issues Come over. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. Position to prosper. Prospering right now. Oh, I'm doing good. Because this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You stay in your place. Don't, 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 don't. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Yeah. Oh, what you had? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing's going on. I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? You know, that, that, that's how you know people. Like, when you start asking them questions, they quickly turn it to ask about you. We have a responsibility for really going through You know, I'm not doing too well. I'm struggling. I thought I can keep this thing under control by myself, but Satan keeps overpowering me. Oh, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Henry Cloud, he's an author, and he wrote this book. It says, how people grow. And he says, virtually every emotional and psychological problem from addictions to depression has alienation 
or emotional isolation at its core or very, very close to it. He says, recovery from these problems oftentimes involves helping people, watch this, get more connected to each other at deeper and healthier levels than they currently are. And see, in church, we are notorious for water cooler talk. Water cooler talk, that's what we do in, in, in the office. See somebody at the water cooler as you fill up your, your 20 ounce mug for the day so you can get that water in. Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. See that game last night? Yeah, that was a good game. They went overtime. Oh boy, I tell you, I, that LeBron, woo, LeBron. Water cooler talk. Very surface when the body of Christ was designed to be so much more deeper than water cooler talk. Look at somebody and say, we need one another. Whether we want to admit it or not, we need one another. How is two better than one? I'm, I'm almost through. More gets accomplished. You receive help and support. And when you're down, somebody will help you up. But also, we get to stay warm. <laughs> now, although this is true in the very literal sense, I won't go into that. But this also has a very strong spiritual application. See, a friend can help us stay spiritually warm. In other words, on fire for the Lord. See, here's where talking about encouragement and, and, and accountability is important. It's motivating when there's a, someone there to encourage you, push you, sharpening you. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. I was so blessed this past Wednesday night, me and about seven or eight other brothers got together down at the wing stop there at Eight Mile and Woodward. Won't tell y'all where we're going to go for the, for the last one, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And we were there fellowshipping. We were talking about, what were we talking about, Brother Jefferson? We were talking about basketball. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about basketball, talking about who's going to win the finals, you know, Golden State or Cleveland. And all of a sudden, that conversation began to morph into how, I mean, very seamlessly, too, just began to morph into how we need to be better at our game as men, as fathers, as husbands, as, as brothers one to another. Oh, I'm telling you, that probably, it was probably one of our most powerful conversations that we had during the wingman group. And we've had some good conversations. We had, a, we had a conversation on respect. We had a conversation on commitment. But this time, I tell you, it was just powerful how, that, how God began to bring things out. And let me just tell you something. We even had some lone woofers at the table who admitted and said, I, I, just, I just like to be by myself. But when it was all said and done, they began saying, I needed this. And sometimes that's what happens is we don't really realize what we need until we get a dose of it. 
And then we realize, I've been missing this. <laughs> Two are better than one because it keeps us sharp. A dull knife is not a useful knife. The late Henry Ford, he says, my best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. The best kind of friends to have is one who challenges, one who rebukes, one who will inspire and motivate us to bring out the best in us, but most of all, to be the best follower of Jesus Christ that we can be. I'm telling you, isn't it interesting that when Judas betrayed Jesus, Jesus called him friend. <laughs> because I believe a true friend is one that pushes us to our destiny. See, we don't need these yes man type of friends. Somebody's going to just always agree with you. What you think about this? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's real good. And it's not good. <laughs> you need somebody that's going to say, I think that's stupid. I think that's crazy. And I think we need to pray because you got off track a little bit right along here. Matter of fact, we're going on a three-day fast. Yes, you are. We're going on a three-day fast. You're not eating nothing no more. Next three days, 72 hours, till we get some things right in your life. But that's, that's the kind of friends we need. We don't need somebody that's going to be like, oh, baby, it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's good. It's good. It, it's, it's all going to be all right. No, it's not. Not if you don't change something. That's what change, that's what repentance is, change. If I'm going the wrong way, I want somebody to tell me, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> if I made a mistake, I want somebody to tell me, you just made a mistake. It's like my GPS system on my phone. When I'm, when I'm going the wrong way, re rerouting routes or recalculating routes. Some of us need somebody in our life that's going to that's speak into our life and tell us to recalculate our route. Go to the next uh, uh, turnaround and turn around. You're headed the wrong way. Do a U-turn. Get your life together. I know y'all don't want to hear this type of preaching on Memorial Day weekend, but it's all right. I don't preach for y'all. I preach what's what God tells me to. Because, see, we can easily lose our focus when we're by ourselves. It's very easy to do. Very easy to do. We can easily become uh, 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 demotivated and we can talk ourselves out of doing what we should be doing. See, that's the reason why, oh, Lord, help me in this place. That's the reason why Satan loves to draw you away. Because he knows he has a greater chance in getting into your head when you're not around somebody else that knows that's going to speak the right thing into your life. 
So that's the reason why we as a body of believers, we got to keep a very keen eye out. And when we start seeing people a little inconsistent and we start seeing a little drifting, they once was there, but now they're drifting. Not all at once, but just a little subtle drift. We got to go right to them and put our arm around their shoulder and say, though this may be happening to you, I'm not going to let it happen to you. Why is two better than one? More gets accomplished. Somebody say more gets accomplished. Somebody say you need, you receive help and support. When you are down, somebody will help you up. You can also stay warm. Let me give you this last point. There are strength in numbers. Solomon goes from one to three. <laughs> he goes from one to three in verse 12. He says, by myself, I can be overpowered by Satan. But when I incorporate Christ, I can overcome him. However, when I add a third, that's even better still. A cord of just me and Jesus and another believer is very hard to break. Not that Jesus and me is not sufficient, but how much easier it is to overcome the enemy when you have someone to reach out to when you're struggling. Through his lies and the temptations of Satan, he tries to destroy us. And generally, we're at our weakest point when we're by ourselves. There's no one watching. We're alone with our thoughts. When we have somebody that's right there with us, we call someone up. We take advantage of the opportunity of strength in numbers. And we overpower the enemy and his forces. First week in this series, I showed you guys the toothpicks. And how a single toothpick, very easy to be snapped and broken. But when I grabbed a group of toothpicks, I mean, it was hot impossible to break. It was very, very, very difficult. Almost impossible. Let me say this. No matter what kind of relationship you're talking about, friends, family, a marriage, a romantic relationship, when Jesus is there, you have a bond that is very hard to break. Are y'all hearing me today? And dare I say, won't break. If each are in unison with Christ, who is the glue that holds us all together. Friendships are very valuable. When we look in the Bible, David and Jonathan had a special friendship. 1 Samuel 18 and 1 says that Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as 
himself. David trusted Jonathan. And Jonathan was humble in accepting God's calling of David as the next king instead of himself. And we see Jonathan siding with David, really siding with God, <laughs> instead of his own father, King Saul. Jonathan warned David when his father plotted to kill him. Jonathan stood up for David to his father. David and Jonathan were true friends to each other. Many of the people who came to see Jesus were brought by a friend. <laughs> In the Gospel of John, you read about how when Andrew was introduced to Jesus, he went and told his brother, Peter. When it happened to Philip, he went and told Nathaniel. I mean, it was a, we can set up a nice trail of people that came because of somebody else. Many people are here today because someone invited them to come to this church. Pastor Eli and Lisa are here because I invited them. Brian and Sarah Johnson are here because Pastor Tim and Cindy invited them to come. Sister Will and Shiana, Brother Will and Sister Shiana Watson, they're here because somebody invited them to come. Even though that person may not still be here, they're still here. Mario and Aubrey, they're here because of Mark and Sherry Bryant. I mean, think about it. Paige and Linez, <laughs> we heard from Linez last Sunday during the town hall meeting. They're here because of Juliana, who, 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 who is a resident at, at, at one of the hospitals here in our city, and her residency is about to be up, and we're sad because she's going to be leaving and going to Chicago. I know. Sucks to be you. <laughs> we're going to miss her. But let me tell you something. This is what true community is all about. Remember that old commercial? I told two people, they told two people, and so on and so on. And the more there are, the more people there are, the more can get accomplished. Stand to your feet. There are strength in numbers. Somebody say strength in numbers. Listen to me good. This one author, he wrote of an experience of a U.S. Army Ranger while he was in training school. Thought this story would be befitting as we celebrate Memorial Day this weekend. And they were running in full field uniform, loaded backpacks, helmets, boots, and rifles in training. I mean, the works, 70 pounds. As usual, the word was, you go out together, you stick together, and you come home together. 
you go out together, you stick together, and you come home together. Miles they ran. Then even more miles running. Over hills, through bushes and pines, somewhere along the way, through a fog of pain, thirst, and fatigue, this one ranger, Weber, realized that something was wrong. About two rows ahead, one of the guys was out of sync. A big redhead named Sanderson. His legs were pumping, but he was out of step with the rest. Then his head began to roll from one side to the other. The guy was close to losing it. Without missing a step, the ranger on Sanderson's right reached over and took his rifle. Now one of the rangers was packing two weapons, his own and Sanderson's. The big redhead did better for a while the, pl the platoon kept moving, but then his head began to sway again. This time, the ranger on the left reached over and removed Sanderson's helmet, tucked it under his own arm, and continued to run. All systems go. Boots studded along the trail. Sanderson was hurting. He was buckling, going down, but Two soldiers behind him lifted the backpack off his back, each taking a shoulder strap in his free hand. Sanderson was able to gather his strength, squared his shoulders, and the platoon continued on all the way to the finish line. They left together they work together and they finish together. Strength in numbers. My brothers and sisters, there may be times when you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And you may feel like you're getting ready, like you're kind of out of sync. Stay with the pack because there'll be somebody on your right that'll lift up one of the burdens. Then you may go on and you may feel as though, boy, my knees are getting weak. I'm getting ready to buckle under this pressure. There's going to be, I encourage you to stay with the pain. Just strengthen numbers because there's going to be somebody there to your left that's going to take something else off of you. And you're going to keep on going for a little bit while longer, but sometimes it just gets so overwhelming and you feel like you're getting ready to pass out. But I encourage you to stay with the pack because there'll be somebody there in back of you. Sometimes it takes two people to lift off whatever's been keeping you bound. And then after a while, you'll feel your help coming. You'll feel your strength coming. You'll get that second wind and you'll be able to continue and ultimately finish 
the race. Why? Because there are strengths in numbers. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.